This will this will work. This is fitting for today's theme and guests on the podcast, which leave me with a lot of editing. You hear that? Let me let me let Gary Clark Jr. go for a moment here. I'm going somewhere with this. If you're a regular podcast listener, you know that I love this dude, Gary Clark Jr. Blues and rock. Um, so you might not be surprised that I am very excited that we have we have now uh, we have one all jazz spot, Lucille's, which is a part of Toll House, and it is 100% open to the public. You might have heard that you've got to be a member. Uh, to be in and get involved with some of the things at Toll House. Not with Lucille's. All jazz, all open to the public. We have a second place for you to enjoy jazz music, which I knew um, this was a hub. We had some really cool spots like Murphy's and otherwise, uh, but they all closed before, uh, right before I got here in 2013. So I'm glad that that sound and that vibe is coming back. The other place is uh, is Brick Bar. Another project of Trevor Dieter from Dietz Barbecue and so much more. Trevor has created a jazz night on Wednesday nights at Brick Bar. It was packed last week early on as they get going from like 7 o'clock. Filled up at 6.30, so get there early. But they're doing jam sessions. Um, some great jazz sounds every Wednesday night at Brick Bar. But they are, uh, Trevor has partnered up with Be Instrumental. Be Instrumental. Um, gets music education and instruments to kids who might not have that opportunity otherwise. And Doug and my friend Jeff, who visited the show before, who I know through the Jewish Federation, will talk a bit about what's going on with Be Instrumental and we'll weave this all together for another return of jazz here in Toledo. I'm really excited about what you guys have all come together to do. Um, Trevor, we'll start with you. Uh, and one of these days, we'll get together and there won't be the backdrop of a global pandemic. But um, <laughs> you seem to excel at opening restaurants and businesses and thriving during uh, during all of this. And, and you decided to crank out a child as well. So you too, like Doug, will have to write a book about your time over the last couple of years. But how did the Brick Bar come about? Yeah, you know, what, what I was going on previously is I appreciate the, the compliments. It's it definitely doesn't feel as though it's been a, a crazy successful two years. It feels like just getting constantly kicked in the face, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we, we made some adjustments and, and, and made it through, and, and Brick Bar just kind of was born out of um, let's not give up on this space. It's a very cool building with a great story and some great nostalgia. Um, let's see what we can do with it. And most recently with this uh, Jazz Night concept, you know, hopefully maybe it'll give that building, uh, you know, the chance to hit its stride with what it used to be and, and um, get it on its feet. For eight seconds, there was a pot belly in there. And then what was in there, D- Doug, what was in there right before that? There's been so many things in that spot I've lost track. Yeah, there have been. Um, yeah, pot belly was the most recent. Um, and then before that, the actual owners of the building, uh, I think they're, uh, it was pronounced uh, Roulet uh, Jewelers, they were in there for a long time, uh, in between Murphy's and then, and then uh, Pop Belly. They, when Murphy's moved uh, to the waterfront down at Fort Industry Square, the jewelers came back into the building. Got it. 
Um, was there a was there a restaurant or there was a bar right before Potbelly's though, right? That, that also didn't work out. Yeah, I don't recall that. Uh, but you know, there's been so many things. It's you know, I may just not remember. Yeah, it's kind of a nine. Well, it's been a nondescript spot, but now you guys um, have come together with this great idea with Be Instrumental and Brick Bar and um, Doug. What what on that? You've been there for such a long time. You're a, a dinosaur. You're a legend and an icon of downtown Toledo. Um, and I can I, I, remind me to run another name by you. Um, she too is a dinosaur. But first, what's your take on that spot and that block and what you've seen from 20 years ago to where it's coalesced to now? Well, I can, I can even stretch back, you know, further in the past for that. I I used to go to Murphy's when I was in high school and early college. Uh, when Murphy's was there. So I, you know, I experienced that in, in its heyday when it was at that location. I think that's why a lot of people have nostalgia for it. Uh, it was just a great space for a jazz club. And then, uh, you know, just its various things through the year. And the, the fact that we've kind of come full circle with this jazz night. And, uh, you know, Trevor and I talk a lot about the the mural, uh, Cliff Murphy's base mural that's still on the side of the building and, uh, you know, just how important that is, uh, I think, for Toledo, for jazz history and, and for downtown Toledo. I had mentioned to you that I, when I first moved here, I lived in St. Clair Village and um, I had always wanted to live, for, being a, a city person from Philadelphia, being in Detroit, um, before I got to a, a whatever age, um, I wanted to live in a downtown, and downtown Toledo was the perfect spot. It was just starting to get going. Um, businesses were, were beginning to thrive, and ProMedica came down a couple of years later after I moved. They saw me there, and Randy Oster's like, well, I, if Eric's there, I've got to be there. Um, and my dear neighbor... Here's the name, Therese King. You have to know Therese. Uh, I, I, I know of Therese. I don't know her, but yes, I, I do know who she is. So Therese had told me when I mentioned to her, I was like, wow, living downtown is awesome. The only thing we're missing is like a swanky jazz or martini spot. Mm. And then uh, Therese has tales. And she told me about some of how, how jazz thrived in downtown. Um, so what was some of that like? Because there's probably people who are going to enjoy both Brick Bar and Lucille's, who had no idea that there was great jazz history in downtown Toledo. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, when Murphy's moved to, to Fort Industry Square, that was a fantastic space. That had been uh, a number of things, obviously, over the years, uh, restaurant-wise. And uh, it was a great space for them, large space. And it was, um, you know, it's kind of a thing, I kind of hate to say this, but it's something that we took for granted, that, you know, every night of the week, you could go to Murphy's and there'd be live jazz and, um, you know, uh, let alone a, a fantastic club with a great, uh, great kitchen and, and just uh, all of that supporting the jazz community. And, uh, you know, when, when that was gone and obviously, uh, before that, when, when Rusty, uh, Monroe, uh, retired and Rusty's closed, you know, we just kind of, it's one of those things you don't know what you have until it's gone for sure. I was de like truly devastated um, when Degage closed because I got tipped off to that spot and not a downtown place, but a jazz spot. And 
phenomenal food. I don't know, Trevor, if you know anybody who cooked over there or anything, but that was a, it was a great place to eat and enjoy. Um, so if you know anything about that place, please please sing some praises or otherwise. But Trevor, why go for the jazz idea? It, it's kind of a risk. So even with all this history, um, why'd you want to do the jazz night on Wednesdays? Yeah, real quick, a comment on Degage. Um, I've, you know, we started in Maumee. I, I was a resident of Maumee, and we still live right outside of Maumee. And my my old kitchen manager when we started Deets ended up being the head chef at Degage. His name's Mike Lambert. So I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll love to hear that you loved his food. They did a great great thing there. Unfortunately, that place closed. So yeah, um, the jazz night with Brick Bar. We um, just you know Doug and I met early on when we opened. Uh, the Deets down there is Deets Barbecue and Brew and just shared our common, um, you know, knowledge of music and feelings about music and, and different musicians and, and just started talking about different ideas to do down there. Um, we had a couple blues bands from Detroit come in that uh, really got my, you know, juices flowing with having more of like a band in there for weekend nights and started tossing around the idea. Um, I had some other friends that had brought up, hey, maybe make this a jazz, you know, jazz spot permanently. Um, and we talked, Doug and I, and he, he brought Scott in, who's very well known and, and um, very well versed percussionist and very, you know, been all over the map as far as um, musicianship. And we uh, threw together the jazz idea. And obviously with the building, with the nostalgia the building has, with, you know, being Clifford and Claude's place and, um, you know, what it already has there. It's just a no-brainer to me to to try this out. Little did we know when we started the advertising for it how much of, you know, attention it would grab from people that, like Doug said, that had, you know, been there back in their teens or 20s and maybe had gone on first dates or met their significant other there when it was originally Murphy's. And we've had a ton of people that have either messaged or commented on our posts saying things like that, like tagging their significant other or a brother or a sister remember when we went here back in the day or remember when this was our spot, um, you know, excited to come back and, and check out jazz in the space, which is as, you know, as a, an owner of the place, it's really, really cool to see, obviously. Um, let me bring in uh, Jeff Green here. Jeff is somebody I know who through the, uh, the Jewish Federation and there's another spoke to what's going on here. And, and that's be instrumental, which is Doug. Doug is also a part of, um, I know that some proceeds here go towards be instrumental. Jeff, you, uh, you visited the show a couple of years ago and talked about it, but let's reset the table. What is be instrumental? Because I think you guys have done a great job over the last couple of years, even with everything, getting the name out there and people might not have been able to dig in, um, to investigate what the cause is, but maybe they will now. What is be instrumental? Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having us on um, and to explore this great partnership that we have. Oh, no, Jeff, you're uh, you're fuzzing out a little bit. Oh, no. Will you do me a favor? Uh-huh. Will, you re- will you disconnect and then reconnect? I'll have, I'll have Doug start and then you can pick it back up. I will, absolutely. Awesome. Doug, what's Be Instrumental yes. and what's so great about it? Be, uh, be Instrumental is is. Well, I, I'm biased, but it's awesome. <laughs> it's an awesome organization. The mission is, uh, I can't think of a, of a better way to affect children in a positive fashion. Um, be instrumental. You know, I like to sum it up, but it just eliminates obstacles for children to access music. Like, we do all kinds of things with that. We have a, one of our, our, 
our original, and I don't want to take uh, anything away from what Jeff has to say, but our original uh, step was the uh, instrument bank that we have. You know, a child wants to play an instrument. They're maybe starting beginning band, beginning orchestra. And they don't have access, can't afford uh, an instrument, uh, can't rent an instrument. That's where we come in. And we provide them an instrument so that they are able to play and make music and experience, you know, I like to call it the power of music because um, it, it, it is. Music, music is so powerful. And if you can channel that in a positive way, you know, I can't think of anything else that's more effective. Jeff, so, oh, Jeff welcome back. <clears throat> Thank you for having us. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. As How does it sound? Are, as, are we, do we sound good? We're much better now. Sound good. Pick up some of uh, what, what Doug was, was going there with Be Instrumental. I know you and I have uh, connected on this in the past. Um, it's music education. It's important. I think um, the three of us, uh, including Trevor, were part of the generation that was maybe beginning to lose some of these extra things at schools and music and gym and art classes were beginning to get taken away, but they're, they're vitally important. And how do you guys supplement that or augment that and make sure it's important. It, it gets and connects to kids as Doug mentioned. Well, for sure. And, and, and Eric, one thing that, that be instrumental has really taken pride in is providing the opportunity to experience music for our children. It's not only providing that music education or just getting that instrument at the hands of the kids or, you know, even bringing in, you know, the Toledo Opera over to Hillview School. It's, it's for these kids to, to experience music, right? So we want to work with partners in the community. You know, Doug, Doug Logston, we brought Doug in uh, because of his partnerships, because of his passion for music education. Um, but we've been able to parlay our partnerships into providing the musical experiences to our children, so much so that now that Be Instrumental has been in existence for 12 or 13 years, we've helped over 3,000 kids in the community experience music. And this partnership with the Brick Barn is really cool for Jazz Night because it brings us back to the very first fundraiser that Be Instrumental had 12 years ago at Manhattan's we had Jazz Night with the Dane Cook Trio. And at that time, it was a, we had a $75 ticket charge. Or you could bring in a musical instrument that you could donate to be instrumental. And at that moment, I had no clue what we were about to get into. But that night, I had a basement full of donated musical instruments. Jeff, you're getting a little messy again. Um, sit tight for me, if you would. Um, Trevor, I want to come back to you. There's been night number one so far. Um, seemed like a really good crowd. Um, is It's every Wednesday night, different jazz musicians, but there's other music throughout the week at Brick Bar as well, right? Yeah, that's right. When we opened it, um, we wanted to commit to music every night that we're open, some kind of live entertainment. Obviously, Toledo has... Um, amazing talent, you know, from singer-songwriter, jazz musicians, blues musicians, rock, all kinds of cover bands. Like, there's a lot of talent in the Toledo area. There is, you know, a handful of venues that do live music, but we wanted to commit to having live music every night downtown. So, yeah, out, outside of Jazz Night, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there's live music there um, every week. Um at what point in the process did you know about Lucille's or did you know about each other? And how did that go about? Because we go from having no jazz places to two places who would do the old Murphy's quite proud in Lucille's and Brick Bar. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, um, ironically, about a week or so prior to um, our opening, I shouldn't say our opening, but our first jazz night, I was at uh, Toll House, which is the home of Lucille's, for a, a private birthday party and um, had been my first time in there. I'm, I, I know Will and Angela Lucas, and, um, you know, I think that place is great. And I, I was not aware of the rumblings and the, the beginning of Lucille's. At that time, it had not been built out, and, and obviously we I was not aware of it. Um, and then we start advertising we're going to do this jazz night, and all of a sudden this jazz club opens. Um, so... Obviously, I feel strongly that there's plenty of room in downtown for for multiple jazz locations. Like you said, you know, there used to be two or three down there, and and it's very cool to me to see that a place like that is offering, you know, that um, intimate experience that you know it's 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 got its own mystique. People, you know, there's a private club aspect to it, and people can go there and and visit an actual jazz club that's that seven days. We're not, you know, we're not trying to be a jazz club. But we definitely want some place where people can come, enjoy the music, enjoy a cocktail, some food, see some great local artists. And then obviously for the artists, what was really cool for me about the first jazz night is to see, you know, 12 to 15 local musicians that all appreciate, play, take part in jazz. They're just hanging out, having fun, enjoying each other, having some drinks, jumping up and playing, cheering on and, you know, having the camaraderie for their fellow musician. Um, in a place that used to really, really be hot in that scene. So that was really cool for me to see. Um, and yeah, as far as Lucille's goes, I think it's great. I think it'll be a cool thing to see how, you know, they grow with it and we grow with this um, on our on our individual jazz nights. I'm glad that we've gotten to a point now where um, we don't need any more gastro pubs. Like those places did a phenomenal <laughs> job getting people downtown, but it was great to see that we could diversify a little bit. You're part of that. Um, Haddon's block to a degree. Um, not everything has to be like PBR and, and bar food. And I'm glad that we've, we've gotten to that. Um, Doug, let me ask you this. So I did uh, live here in, in 2005 and 2006 and I spent a lot of time downtown at, we, we had clubs back then and you can see like, the remnants of them, the zombie doors on some of the streets downtown of, of what existed many years ago. Um, do you think from the time that you've been living downtown, um, there are more people coming downtown than ever before? Oh, with, without a doubt. Um, you know, the clubs at that point in time are really the only thing happening uh, um, to any degree as far as, you know, drawing uh, crowds or audiences. But, uh, you know, it was problematic. Because, uh, you know, I can speak to clubs that were located on the first floor of my building. And uh, it wasn't a good fit, a good mix with residential and those clubs. Um, so they kind of, you know, they, they had their time. And, and like, yeah, I like how you just put it, the zombie doors, because uh, remnants still do exist. But right now, uh, yeah, it's incredible the amount of people that come down, you know, and, and uh you know, last spring going into the summer, you know, people pen up uh, wanting to get out uh, from the pandemic. Uh, it was so great to see just all the people downtown doing all these things outside, uh, you know, in conjunction now with those with the scooters that they brought in. And, you know, I mean, all these just little enhancements are just fantastic and people are loving them. So, uh, you know, people are still discovering downtown Toledo uh, that haven't been down really before. There are uh, there are like 
fringy outside commenters who always want to be pessimistic about things and they pop up and we I, I usually just dismiss them because they're they're wrong and always negative but I haven't heard a single negative thought when it comes to oh my god we have Lucille's jazz club and we have a jazz a specific jazz night at brick bar so to your that's why I want to ask you Doug we do have plenty of people so that all of these places as long as they're run really well and Trevor's places are and and will's place will be run really really well if you're run well you're gonna succeed and there's something we can go do a jazz night we can go do a gastro pub. We can hang out down by the water. It's it's quite invigorating. And once uh, once this COVID stuff lifts, I think people who have not spent a lot of time downtown in a long time will truly have their minds blown away. Definitely, definitely the the improvements to the convention center. I think that's a whole other aspect, uh, which is going to bring in a whole uh, you know the uh, uh, people from outside the community. You know, uh, the Seagate Center was used well before the pandemic and before the uh, renovations, but now with the new ballroom and all the enhancements, I, I you know, that that's going to be a whole nother element of, of weekend people coming to the Toledo area and, and, you know, enjoying the downtown. Yeah. Things are not done yet, especially as kind of a um, toll house. I'll call it like the book end as what spills over from downtown goes through uh, the Vistula area. Now, Jeff, you're back. Let's see how you sound. How are we doing, guys? That's good. Uh, let me go back to you for being instrumental. How might people uh, get involved and take advantage of the program or contribute to the program with instruments and whatnot? Well, they can always reach out to myself or Doug, Jeff at beinstrumental.org, Doug at beinstrumental.org. Go to our website, beinstrumental.org. Um, you can find out from there how we can volunteer, you can donate. We're always, always willing to accept items in our instrument bank. Um, and we've got a great partnership with All Star Music. Don Flugo over there takes our instruments in, refurbishes them as needed. And not again, oh. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff. This has not been my day, guys. Not been my <laughs> day. Um, until I get Jeff back, Trevor. Um, it it would be uh, pointless to not have you on and talk about. Uh, about food, specifically at Brick Bar. Uh, there's food too, right? Yeah, and, and if you don't mind, at some point, I, I don't mind chatting about being instrumental too because I, I love I, I love the idea. But yeah, food. Uh, obviously, we do deets. This is you know that's that's where I started in Toledo is opening deets barbecue. So naturally, we we have some barbecue sandwiches on the menu: pulled pork, pulled chicken. Um, we do our loaded mac and cheese, real creamy cavatappi pasta mac and cheese with pulled pork and barbecue sauce on it. A couple chopped salads. Uh, we do chips and queso. We get our, our tortilla chips made locally from La Perla, and then we make a real good queso dip. Um, and then one of our weird things that we do that people love is we, we, we just sell bacon. So if you want some bacon, <laughs> we can just sell you some bacon. How, how can I go about, like, is it, can I have, like, one slice of bacon? Can I have, how does it get sold? Yeah, so we, we sell it as a snack, and it's, it's literally just a cardboard cone, like if you've seen, like, a fry cone. Right. Full of strips of uh, sugar-cured smoked bacon. I love it's it. Just, it's just, and it's, it's got this funny thing to it. We have a sign in there, and it's a quote from a customer, and it said, so wait, is this just bacon? And then it just says, yes. Like <laughs> it's just bacon and just, just eat it. It's good. You'll see. Uh, um, so that's, you know, that's, that's, that's something we do in there. And, you know, our focus in the brick bar was to, to 
do craft cocktails locally um, influenced drinks. You know, we have all of our local breweries in there. We have all Toledo spirit stuff in there. Um, try to do as much as we can by hand and, and custom for the customer and have a regular list of craft cocktails that we have year round, have some seasonal ones that we do, you know, quarterly. And, um, you know, we're not out of the box, like 12, $15 drinks, like some other craft cocktail places <clears throat> across, uh, <laughs> across downtown. But, um, we, uh, we, we definitely, uh, want to make it someplace that's affordable and, and you can hang out. I, I would, I, I've heard some stories about some of those priced cocktails and I, even as a big advocate and for downtown Toledo and its growth, even I know that we're not at the point now where we can charge those rates for, for, uh, for craft cocktails in downtown Toledo. Doug, would you agree? I, I would wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> uh, especially after making a recent trip to Chicago, you know, that's always kind of a gauge for me. Like, uh, you know, various aspects of things like pricing, uh, like that, just going out to eat and shows. And, and yeah, when, when it's more expensive to have a, a cocktail in Toledo than Chicago, I think, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's something. Uh, Trevor, how did you, what, what drew you to be instrumental other than the obvious great cause that it is? How'd you first stumble upon it or tell me your connection with them? Yeah, sure. So when Doug and I met, we actually met just talking about a musician one night and then one thing led to another and we discovered that we both had background, you know, as musicians are involved with musical groups. I personally, um, since I was in fourth grade, have been a trumpet player and was always involved in music all throughout grade school, high school, college, after college, um, tour in the country with a couple different groups. And, and I, so I've always really enjoyed music and know what it's done for my life and, you know, was my click of people and, and got me through a lot of stuff. So, when Doug introduced this organization to me and that, you know, he was part of it right away, I said, man, you know, if, if we ever do anything, this was pre jazz night idea. If we ever do anything, it would be cool to see how we could partner to help with that. Because I remember growing up in a low income family, I'm from Flint, Michigan. I couldn't afford to buy, you know, uh, a couple thousand dollar trumpet. Like it just wasn't even in the cards. So um, I remember how that is. And um, I think it's a very, very cool, organization and their mission is right up my alley so when we started talking about how we could you know pair these jazz nights with it let's see what we can do to get some distributors involved kind of raise some money we've got um heidelberg and great lakes breweries to to match donations that we bring in from uh great lakes draft beer sales during the jazz nights uh great lakes is giving away uh pint glasses for anybody that buys draft beers from them on the jazz nights um heidelberg is donated a season worth of tickets, two tickets for every walleye game to raffle off on, on the jazz nights. So awesome. All to kind of get people to come in and, um, you know, put their money where their mouth is and want to help local and help kids and help, help it with, uh, the music scene and be instrumental does all of those things. So, um, it just seemed like a natural fit for me to want to see if there's any way we could partner with that. Um, my long-term thing was, I think, I think it'd be so cool to make, the jazz night be a platform to help you know have have a kid or a group of kids come in and and be awarded their their instrument scholarship or be awarded their their night to hang out with the cool jazz people in Toledo or something you know almost like a a, a way to um, get the kids that may be involved in that exposed to kind of like how Jeff was saying not only being part of the music but being exposed to um, 
a night of, of jazz or, or seeing somebody perform and maybe be able to sit in or maybe be able to just hang out with the guys or, or, or gals would be something that would be really cool to, to make part of that night. So you, it just, for me, was something that I thought right away, this is cool. How can we, how can we be a part of it? You mentioned that uh, people who went to the old places were tagging people they had met there, first dates and whatnot. What about the area jazz musicians who really haven't had any anywhere to play um i hope everybody knows i talked about her all summer long um when she was at a bunch of places she was one of the openers for um lucille's but but ramona collins is maybe the jazz voice in the area what about some of the other people who are lesser known um jazz musicians how are they feeling about this have you been able to take their temperature well you know so far all I, other than the physical in-person conversations that had, had took place at the first jazz night last wednesday all I've been able to see is, you know, commentary on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And it's all been extremely positive. Uh, other musicians tagging their, their musician buddies, hey, we got to go here. Let's go play a set here. I'd love to sit down on the keys here, you know. Um, we've you, you brought up Ramona. Um, she has yet to be down, but she's been a voice for us already and sharing, you know, the, the posts on all the different Toledo Jazz Society, Toledo Jazz Network, the Toledo Jazz Orchestra, UT Jazz Group, you know, um, pages to encourage, you know, musicians, young and old, present past, that might want to come up and try their hand at playing. And um, I think that's super cool. That was one of my favorite parts of last week was to see um, that, you know, like I said, 12 to 15 musicians show up and actually want to be there to get up and play and just, just for fun, just to hang out and 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 do it in in a place that man if the walls could talk you know? yeah um it's kind of a eric um i think and just to add on to that sure. um you know i think an aspect of also um with it being an an open mic uh open jam concept you know the first set is performance oriented uh where the where the the house trio that night or quartet plays and then the other uh two hours are are uh devoted to you know cycling musicians in and out but i think uh, as far as a jam night you know sometimes that can be kind of chaotic and uh kind of crazy maybe not the greatest audience experience but uh we have our host scott kretzer that uh, trevor had mentioned earlier uh you know uh not only a great toledo drummer but region drummer top call musician um you know with him hosting it and then him bringing in uh, his his side musicians for the week, which which will change up. I just think the quality of that is attracting and going to continue to attract musicians that just want to come and play with that caliber of of uh, of house groups. So I just I wanted to make sure we got that in there. Um, it's an exciting spot. It's an exciting new heartbeat to all the things that I don't want to say got monotonous downtown, but like I said, it's bar food and beers. And it's nice to see that we're diversifying a little bit. And Trevor, thanks for doing this. Um, you managed to keep the deets going. You got the food truck to go nuclear like a, a lot of people did. Um, you probably kept your wife sane and from losing her mind um, doing uh, uh, first responder and, and healthcare stuff. You made a baby. You put this place up. Like, what's... what's What's next? You, you do you retire? Will I got, you? I, I got a I got a comment on my wife. So my wife's in healthcare, and before she was right now she she manages the stroke program for Mercy, but before that she was in behavioral health. So 
she knew how to deal with a person like me. I wouldn't say that I kept her sane. I'd say that she knew how to handle me. So Good, good, good. Well, do you have anything next? You're going to put your feet up for two minutes. Uh, we're, we're building a third food truck right now um, that we hope to launch mid-March just to handle more, you know, of the, the wedding, grad parties, catering events, corporate mm-hmm. functions, you know. Uh, I don't think that's really going to go away. Um, with our second truck last year, we, we were run ragged. So we, we're going to add another one to our fleet, so to speak, and, um, just tackle that. We, we now, we closed our Talmadge road store. So we've got mommy Rossford, Oregon, and we just want to focus on doing what we know. You know, our menu is, is pared down and simple. We just want to do it right, do it affordable and, and put out a good product and have, we, we, you know, Eric, we just want to have a boring year. Like, <laughs> we just want a boring year with nothing that is surprising or sad or chaotic. That would be awesome. I I don't I wouldn't take that bet. Um, I don't know if boring. <laughs> I I too would take boring, but I don't know if we're gonna have boring for a long, long time. The world is at a fever pitch. That's why it's great to have stuff like this. Um, to take our minds off it for just uh for just a little while, Doug. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you maybe about some of where the uh, figurative bodies are buried downtown. But you could probably go on forever, and that's that's something over drinks at Brick Bar or elsewhere. But what's your current favorite spot downtown? Um, and your past favorite spot for a meal oh, or a the- drink. That's that's uh, that's kind of tough. There, there have been so many great things over the years. Currently, you know, obviously the Brick Bar is is uh, is one of my favorite spots. It's not my favorite spot. Um, I I'm a coffee drinker, and uh, you know we're we're fortunate to have great coffee downtown at multiple locations. Um, but my my coffee place of choice is Plate One. Uh, on Superior, not far from the Brick Bar, and uh, I just think it's a wonderful place. Uh, Sandy Spang owns that, and uh, you know, I just think it's just it's it's for me to go there. You know, I want to have a coffee, maybe get some work done. You know, it's uplifting. It's 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 positive. The coffee's fantastic. So that's one of my favorite spots. Is, do you know? Do you know plate do you plate know, one? Do you know David in there? Sure, David is David's the, awesome. David is he has the latte maestro. Yep, coffee artist, yes. David, definitely. Yes. Yeah, he's awesome. How about for something um, a little more alcoholic or maybe a good meal? Yeah, so for a good meal, I mean, I uh, you know, the uh, newer kind of places, obviously Hannon's Block, I think, is really, if people haven't tried that yet, they really should get in there and check it out. Um, you know, the menu isn't, you know, uh, maybe that extensive, but what they have is just fantastic. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and of course that space is, is an awesome place as well. Um, as far as past places go, uh, a place I really, really miss, uh, it's the present location of the, uh, Adam street cafe, which is a, another great restaurant. Um, it, it, right next to foul and fodder. Uh, it used to be a restaurant called Rania's and, okay. uh, you know, middle Eastern cuisine and just, fantastic um and i really miss that it, once in a while i'll run into the the uh, man that owned that and uh you know i'll just tell him i miss your food i miss your restaurant you know um but that that's a great thing about uh, toledo you know and downtown toledo is just it's a great restaurant town there's so many uh different options and 
you know, different types of food, you know, um, that, that, that you can experience. I love the improvements that Focaccia's has done recently, um, with their weekend brunches and, um, you know, and that's a place people might not think, uh, you know, during the summer they have some evening hours. So, you know, they, they do have libations there and, uh, you know, uh, obviously that's a fantastic spot. I, uh, I missed, I would go to, somebody took me to Mutt's to the Oliver house and I fell in uh-huh. love with a lot of the things there, but Mutt's was so great. And I think they've undergone yeah. a couple of changes since I first went there, which was now so many years ago, but I love that it was, it was downtown, but it was off the beaten path. A lot of people didn't know about it, but good crowd, good people. And, uh, the food there was, was really good. And it was, uh, it was kind of pricey, but then I, I get my food and I couldn't see the plate. I'm like, I'm totally fine paying 12 bucks for this Buffalo <laughs> chicken sandwich. Because I can't see the plate. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, much was awesome. Uh, guys, thanks for the time. Uh, Doug, if we could wrap up, but give me some last thoughts about being instrumental. And again, I know it was kind of tough to catch up with Jeff, but how people can get involved, how people can seek you guys out for help and otherwise. Yeah, be instrumental. You know, we have, we're, we're juggling right now, obviously with pandemic issues, uh, with, with some of our in-person programming that we, we do. We were able to do a lot of virtual stuff when, the pandemic when we were uh, in that period. Uh, but right now with the spike, we're juggling with that. But we just had a fantastic new program kickoff last month called Ukulele Mania. And we literally had 27 uh, kids playing ukuleles in one room and, uh, you know, talk about hurting cats. Yeah. But uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. The kids loved it. They were making music. Uh, ukulele's really hot right now. So I'm really excited we, we got that off the ground. Um, we also just celebrated uh, Make Music Winter which is an uh, international program that we became a part of this last year where music celebrated on both the summer solstice and, and the winter solstice. So we had an event downtown uh, next to the Art Tatum uh, Memorial Column. Um, and we have some great stuff coming up with some of our partners like the Down Syndrome Association uh, and Courageous Community Services and their, their camp uh, uh that they have in the summers. So lots of great stuff coming up. If you're interested in be instrumental, uh, obviously we're on social media and you can also visit uh, our website, uh, be instrumental.org or feel free to email me at Doug at be instrumental.org. Awesome. Trevor, a quick preview of tomorrow night. Who's performing. So, uh, as Doug had previously said, Scott Kretzer is going to be down there, um, weekly. Um, He'll have you know, rotating musicians that he'll have as kind of, you know, I guess you could call it our house band. Um, this week he's going to have Josh Silver on piano and Jeff Halsey on the bass and then uh, himself, Scott, on the, the drums. Um, great little trio. Um, very well-known people in the jazz community. So like Doug said, it's, you know, not only a jam, but, man, the people that are down there playing are are top-notch. Um, so outside of that, whoever else comes to jam, we, we really look forward to seeing, you know, Horn players, piano players, bass, you know, drums, uh, vocalists, whatever. We, we welcome it all. And um, everything starts at 7 o'clock. Last week the place was full by about 6.30. So if you want to get a seat, definitely come on down. We open at 4 o'clock and we're there till midnight. Awesome. Um, yeah, get to Brick Bar before Trevor opens up another place that you're going to have to go to. We still got plenty of months left in the year, and I don't know if boring's going to happen. So maybe you'll get a wild hair and one and open. I don't know a, a ukulele bar or something. It sounds like Doug can help there you out go. with that. 
<laughs> Guys, Doug, Doug, good to catch up with you. Uh, good to chat with you. Maybe we'll grab some coffee sometime. Trevor, always, thanks for the time. I appreciate you doing what you're doing. Yeah, thanks, all of you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yep, thank you.